Hello and welcome to a brand new series here on the channel, Just Ride Bikes, and we're going to tackle the big topic of winter fitness, how to stay motivated during the winter off-season and how to stay fit or get fitter. And I'm joined by Dan Guest, a professional cycling coach, going to share some of his expert advice with us. So thanks for joining us today, Dan. No problem. Pleasure to be here. So, yeah, winter's a tough time for riding your bike. Um, I guess, how do you tackle the off-season? What's the best approach? Well, well I'm glad you said off-season for a start, actually, because... For a majority of riders, road riders, it is an off-season and it should be treated as an off-season. I think what a lot of people don't do is take an off-season anymore. Okay. And we were chatting about this off-camera before that people will now race all year round. And actually, that's not healthy physically and it's not healthy mentally either, really. You need a break. So, for example, you can periodise your year into almost three days on, one day off, and then three weeks on, one week off and run through the year and think you're getting enough rest. But actually, you just need to stop doing what you're doing for a period of time at the end of the race season. I mean, I'm talking summer race season, so road racing here. I'm a cross rider, so I am right in the middle of my race season at the moment. So the, my off season will come sort of February, March time. But irrespective, really, you just need to stop training for a bit and stop not necessarily riding your bike, but chasing numbers chasing intervals and things like that. There's, there's still a requirement for a bit of intensity and I'm sure we're gonna kind of cover that in a bit, but if you don't stop, you just end up becoming stale and you just end up doing the same thing over and over and remaining at the same level and never really having the rest and the refresh so that you can, you can push to the next level, which is really what you want to be doing for the subsequent season, I'd say. I mean, I am focusing very much on people who race their bikes here, um, and for leisure riders, if you're happy just riding through, that's fine. I mean, if it makes you happy, keep going. But, you know, winter's a difficult time because of the weather and the light and all sorts mm. of things. So there's, there's merit in doing something different, definitely. I guess a fear for a lot of people, myself personally, the idea of having an off-season, having any time on the bike, you're going to lose fitness. And you try and retain what fitness you've gained over the summer, through the winter, or you try and build into the spring. So I guess there's a fear of like losing fitness, is that... I don't think necessarily you should worry about losing fitness. Um, I think there's a period where you can maintain your fitness, but not necessarily by doing the stuff that you've been doing all year. So I don't suggest that you don't ride a bike. Okay. I mean, you can still go out and ride your bike. I mean, for, we're on a channel called Just Ride Bikes here. I can't suggest <laughs> you don't ride your bike. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but there's definitely space in the plan to put something different in, okay. uh, to mix it up. And it's really important to do something different. I think the mental refresh is key. And so, and this might be heresy, but a bit of running, some heavy, <laughs> some heavy weights, some gym work. Um, I mean, I think it was, was it Jan Ulrich who used to say skinny skis, big, big legs? And, right, uh, yeah. and they did a lot of cross-country skiing. But yeah, I mean, to do this just is going to prevent you becoming stale and it's going to keep your cardiovascular system ticking along and, and just keep things moving in the right, in, in the right direction in terms of allowing you to be fresher next season. Okay, so about giving your mind and body a bit of a, a break from what you've been doing all summer and some new kind of challenges like running or yeah. a bit of weight training or mountain biking perhaps, or doing something different. Absolutely, so something different. Less chasing numbers, more riding for fun. Yeah. Still riding. Absolutely. It makes it up a little bit more. Absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons I love cyclocross is because I race short, sharp races. This is my race season, so I do short, sharp work on the turbo. It all works nicely. And my off season is the summer. 
so I can go touring on my bike, and we call it gravel riding, not gravel riding, you know, <laughs> bikepacking these days. I'm too old for that, I, do, I still tour. Okay, so you know, it's, it, it's riding a bike, it's enjoying being outside, yeah. and, and it's maintaining your fitness without necessarily being absolutely focused on either weight loss or PBs or hitting numbers or FTP or all this good stuff that you know, we tend to obsess about yeah. throughout the season, you just gotta let it go for a bit. Um, and, and realize that you're not going to lose fitness and actually in the long run, it'll be better for you. I guess like the off-season idea, quite an old one almost, and you see the pros, when, we're not pros, but we do emulate the pros in our training and riding approach, and they mm -hmm. do race year-round now, and the seasons are longer than ever been before. And with, here in the UK, you can ride year-round, you've got indoor training, so the ability to ride year-round at a high level is easier than before perhaps, so the temptation to do it. Much so. easier, much easier, especially with Swift, and I'm a big fan of, in, I'm a huge fan of indoor training. I mean, it's key for cyclocross mm. training for me. Um, I'm a big fan of Swift. I'm a big fan of Trainer Road. One of the problems that you can, one of the traps you can fall into with Swift is that you can just keep racing. Yeah. And you can race every day if you wanted oh, yeah. to. You know, you know, so Some you, do, don't they? Yeah, precisely. But actually, you, you never, if you race every day, if you put that intensity in every day, you never rested enough okay. to work harder and make gains which is, of course, what we really want to do. So right. you will end up racing it's staleness, plateauing, stagnation, whatever you want to call it. You, you might well do it, it to a high standard, but it's really, really hard to get beyond that when you don't allow yourself to drop below that okay. to progress. So give your body a chance of rest before Absolutely. you build up yeah. again next season. Yeah. So if we've established a concept of an off-season is a good idea, mm -hmm. and a sensible one for uh, improving fitness into mm -hmm. next year, what's the, how do you approach an off-season? end of November now, so now's a good time to start kind of thinking about the next few months where it's going to be dark, wet and cold and a bit of time of flight, what's the best approach? Definitely, definitely. I mean, there's, yeah, indoor training is, is critical. I'm, let me go back a bit. For my clients, I would never ask them to train, in inverted commas, on the road when it's dark and wet and cold or icy because I think that the risks you uh, run trying to do that outweigh any potential okay. benefits. Yeah. If, there's, if there's training to be done in the winter, and we will get onto this because it's in my head to get onto it, the training to be done in the winter should be done on the turbo and any sort of social rides, zone two stuff, which there's definitely a, a, a role for in the plan should be done out on the roads. But you know, when it's daylight, I don't think there's merit in, in trying to train in the dark. I mean, when it's cold and you're wrapped up in bib tights and jacket and gloves and buff and whatever, it's really hard to then go out and do threshold intervals. You shouldn't be doing it anyway, yeah. but it's just hard to motivate. You just, your whole body is just tight and your muscles are tight because they're cold. There's not time to try and, for me personally, to try and train on the road. So don't be a hero. Don't I don't think so, no. It's, you know, when it's icy outside, you could write off your entire season slipping on a tiny patch of black ice yeah. and not even riding fast. You can break your pelvis and then, and then that's the season gone. Yeah. And was it worth it? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> so that comes down to being smart and sensible with when you do ride and you know, if the weather is bad, adjusting accordingly and being adaptable and flexible and not, I have to go out, but the weather's bad, so. Very much so, yeah. yeah I mean, and, and that is, well, I don't want to do too much coaching advertising, but that's where a coach can help you to say, you know, if you're concerned about conditions, you can say, well, I can give you a different session or you don't need to do this, it's yeah. not vital. But I think also there's, I mean, we'll go back to a little bit about cross-training in inverted commas. It's not, it's just training off the bike. So. There's merit in going to the gym. There's merit in going for a run, which is far more palatable if it's 
icy outside. I mean, it's still not great, but it's better to have a yeah. bit of a slip on the pavement than to fall off your bike at speed. Um, and if, mountain biking, perfect. Yeah. Um, get off road because at the end of the day, when you're off road, you're kind of meant to get cold and dirty and muddy anyway. So you kind of accept that, okay, yeah. um, and uh, and it's more fun. And actually, the the slithering about will give you great bike handling skills for the next season if your if your target is road riding. Certainly. So there's loads of different stuff that is not necessarily doing your primary goal of training to road race, if that's what it is, or training to do a sportive or Grand Fondo, or whatever. Um, but you know, there's lots of different stuff to be doing. And can running and joining a gym, that sort of non-bike training, can that actually benefit your on-bike fitness? Very much so. Okay. Well, actually, I mean, that's not entirely true. It's one of the biggest mistakes that cyclists make, especially fit cyclists, is that cardiovascularly, they are way better than their bodies are if they suddenly start to run. Okay. So if you know, you're fit enough to go and bash out 10K, but you might not walk for five days afterwards. <laughs> so you've got to be really, really careful. And this is a genuine point, actually, and it, it applies to both cycling, and uh, both running and uh, any sort of weights work in the gym that you must, must, must build into it slowly. Because generally, you know, we spent all summer on our bikes, we're just sort of in this position and that's it and you start to do something different and suddenly your muscles just object and you know invariably pick up an injury. There's a, uh, an app called NHS Couch to 5K. Okay, I've heard of it. And we may as well be couch potatoes, <laughs> you know, for, for, running, for running purposes. And actually you pop it onto an MP3 and listen to it when you're, um, when you're out and it, and it guides you through sort of walk, run, walk, yeah. run. I wouldn't suggest people, if they're fit for riding, need to start at the beginning of that, but somewhere in the middle there's there's a, a good balance of something in your ear that's going to just, you know, say walk for 500 meters yeah. or, and then before you have to just, you know, pull a hamstring or something. And then, and then do, you do make a mistake that turns your training backwards. That's the key. You know, you, the, the most important thing about doing any sort of anything other than bike riding is that it doesn't injure you. Yeah. And that's vital. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did one run a year. And then that's it. Yeah, it, it hurts too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you think you're fit, and I can do 200k on a bike, and then 10k on a run should be fine. But savage. It's yeah, it's totally brutal, different. Yeah. yeah, you can't free wheel. There's no mm. easy running at all. Yeah. So, so, so whatever uh, off bike kind of if running, let's join a gym. I guess going to the gym and doing running, treadmill, weights, um, like core fitness comes into that as well. Pilates, yoga, that sort of stuff as well. Or? Yeah, I think so. If it works for you. I mean, I tried to do yoga, but this is just my personal experience. I tried yoga. It wasn't great for me. Okay. Um, other people love it. <laughs> you know, they can't get enough of it. And that's fine. You know, and, and this, is, this comes down to don't hammer yourself into a, into a rut that everyone else does. If it, you try something, it's not generally going to do you any harm. And if it works for you, it works for you. Okay. But if it doesn't work for you, don't be afraid to say, no, I'm, you know, I'm not into that. I'll okay. try something different. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so feel free to try different things, and yeah. if you like them, do more. Yeah, I mean, don't overdo it. And... Yeah, but don't overdo it. No, that actually reminds me about something about trying different things. I mean, and this is, comes down to taking the break. When you when you take your break, there's. It's really really worth having a sort of even if it's just with yourself writing some points down that you think about your season about a okay. season review. Okay. If you don't keep a training diary. Um, you probably have got it in your head, maybe a record on Strava of events you rode that went well. And what you should reflect on is maybe what you did a week or two weeks before that. 
um, even what you ate the night before, if you can remember it that yeah. far back. But um, having a review of your own personal year is vital. Okay. It's a really important part of the yeah. off-season because then it might give you some steer about what you can do um, for the next season. Okay. Um, and analysing your own strengths and weaknesses. Now, strengths and weaknesses is a funny thing because people have strengths and weaknesses, definitely. But actually, when you really talk to them about it, their weaknesses are generally things they don't like doing. Okay, yeah. So you can, if, you, if you can embrace that and go, well, I didn't, if they don't like, if, you, if someone doesn't like a session, that's probably quite a good thing because okay, yeah. if it's the right session for them but they didn't like it, it's probably they need to do more of it. So yeah, season review and, then, and that, that sets the tone for anything that you might want to do for the subsequent year. Uh, for, for racing cyclocross, um, I, when I race a race, I make notes on, this is super boring stuff, like tyre pressures, tyre choices, oh, wow. what I have, okay. what, you know, my prep before it, and, and over however many years, I mean, I've been racing my bike since I was 14, so what's that, 30 odd years? Oh my God. It's all like unpaid for, right? It's like a <laughs> <laughs> Not quite unpaid for, it's on the But yeah, you know, you take, it takes time to work out what worked for you okay. as a warm-up, as a run-into, as a week or two-week run-into a key event. And um, if you can, if you've got that, I, I use an Excel spreadsheet now, but if you've got that on a piece of paper or, or a spreadsheet and you can refer back to it, it's quite a relief sometimes to just go, right, I see, I see what worked there. Yeah. And for a different event, this didn't work. So you, you eventually you evolve your processes down to a point where now I just, I, I've got a big event coming up this weekend and I'm in the run into it now. On Tuesday, I didn't have interview with Dave written down, but it's on there now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, and, and then you can be comfortable with, with what you're doing in the run up to that event. But yeah, season review is really important as part of your off season, I think. Reflecting yeah, that's a on. Really sound advice. I don't think I've heard it before. Like, really, okay, everyone's so focused on the next thing, next session, the mm. next race. You really take time to reflect on what you mm. have done well or badly. I guess you can't really focus on your goals for the off season or the year after until you really focus on what went wrong, what yeah. went well, and what you want to get out next year. I know a lot of people they want to get, they want to train to get faster, but that doesn't mean anything. Like get faster how? Like mm. time trial or climbing. So you need to focus on your strength weaknesses. You don't need to you, be able to build on those and work on yeah, very much areas. So. You don't, I mean, you don't necessarily November December for a for a road racing cyclist. November December, you don't mm. need to set necessarily set your goals so maybe the calendar's not yeah. even set in stone anyway now okay, yeah. um but if you if you maintain your cardiovascular work by running or swimming or, yeah. or whatever or just going out and enjoying riding your bike without necessarily hunting for numbers you even take the head unit off you can okay, you know yeah. just ride your bike um, <laughs> yeah. um and uh and then focus on some strength training in the work in the gym okay. um proper heavy strength training yeah. and some core strength as well and you can do that at home or in the gym or whatever and that's just normally upper body stuff it's okay, normally yeah. body weight work it's it's general groundwork and preparation yeah. for the next season so you don't have to say well my goal my season goal is july so i should be doing x y and z in november december you don't necessarily need to do that okay it's too far out anyway you yeah. need to do general stuff that's going to keep you strong and keep you yeah motivated and Motivated because you're doing something different, okay, yeah. but and and then going to push you through into the in January, February are always dark months, aren't they? Yes. For, yeah. you know, mentally and physically <laughs> dark months, but yeah, and then you get into there and and you you can start to set your goals and refine okay. what you're doing. Okay, as the idea of doing weights, I've had that a lot. I've never really tried it myself. I mean, I guess a lot of so I try and keep the weight down. And winter, 
obviously in trying to keep the weight down, not eat too many mixed parties. But can doing weights be beneficial without bulking up too much and retain that sort of low weight you want for climbing in the summer? If you'd asked me a year ago about doing heavy weights, I'd have said, what's the point? Yeah. And but how's it had to go faster? Sort of yeah, thing? this is the thing. But I'm happy to say I was completely wrong okay. about it. And um, maybe I'm really late to the party, but I know a lot of people who have been doing weights for a long time. Now I watch this and go, I've been doing weights for ages, Dan, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> um, it always occurred to me that you know, there's, there's a finite amount of force that you can put through a pedal. Yeah. I mean, it's barely more than you take to stand up off a chair. So why would I go to the gym and do heavy weights? But actually, there's loads of science now that's showing that doing heavy weights um, is, is super beneficial for uh, its conversion of muscle fibers to more endurance-focused muscle fibers. So you're okay. turning some of the fast-twitch stuff into slow-twitch stuff, but it, the time to exhaustion increases, your threshold power increases, your max power increases. About the only thing it doesn't do is increase your VO2 max, but everything okay. else... Okay. It's beneficial for and there's virtually no downside and um, because it's just in, in the initial phase it's certainly just recruiting different muscle fibers or turning them into something that's more beneficial for an endurance sport you don't gain any weight yeah. and we don't you don't end up coming out of the gym looking like arnie with loads of weight on it's um it just seems to be a win-win okay yeah. and i guess the off season is the time to do it because in the summer you're racing you haven't got time to recover from doing heavy weights but in absolutely. the winter you have got time you're not doing as much volume absolutely um and in fact I mean, yeah, we can talk about this because I suppose now it kind of links in. There's, there's merit in doing some high-intensity work in the winter. Okay. Um, but your high-intensity work at this period could be your heavyweight session. And your heavyweight okay. session should be hard enough that you're okay. too sore to do anything else afterwards. So okay. if you say, all right, your, your basic week is going to be two high-intensity sessions and two or three zone two sessions, one of them possibly being at the weekend or two at the weekend where it's daylight you can get out on the road and the other zone two sessions being on the turbo. Mm. Um, for this period now, it's non-specific, it's heavyweights training and yeah. that's your high intensity work. And as you progress through November, December, January, February and we start to want to put in more high intensity intervals on the turbo trainer or on the road, you migrate out the weight sessions. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so you, you keep the same two or three high intensity sessions in the week, but they change their form and they become, you, I'm always wittering on about specificity. Anyone who talks to me about it, it's like, you train for what you want to do and you we will turn that stuff into some more specific work further down the line. And can do weights benefit all cyclists, whether you're racing or you're you know, a sportive cyclist or you know, just a leisure cyclist who wants to get faster and stronger? From, from what I've read, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really do. I mean, it just... The, the, there's the list of, of benefits for strength training is, seems to know no bounds. Yeah. I mean, the, doing the right sort of strength training is important. You, you might imagine that you know, cycling is an endurance sport. I need to press down with my leg yeah. thousands of times during a bike ride. So surely I should be doing lightweight, lots of reps. And that used to be a school of thought, but it's not anymore. I mean, now we're talking about getting people down to doing... Uh, six sets of six reps of you know 85 90% max single lift yeah. um, and this is kind of out of my comfort zone a little bit this is I'm just sort of regurgitating what I've read and and, and heard but um, that's where the benefit lies um, my best advice to people trying to go to the gym or wanting to start in the gym is start easy yeah. you know start with high reps low weight uh, yes high reps low weight yeah. and then migrate it down so you can start to do the heavy weights because you need to sort of build up the 
tendon ligament strength and before you can start to load your body with this really big heavy weight. And also if you go to a gym, I would hope that there will be someone there who could advise you on the best form yeah. for what you want to achieve. So, you know, speak to gym staff and say, you know, I'm, I'm a cyclist. They'll probably know that anyway, yeah, yeah. a little tiny <laughs> skinny arms um, and say, what, you know, what do you suggest? Yeah, Can yeah. you just keep an eye on me and make sure I'm doing this right? Because form is key. Yeah, as with anything, your form on a bike is key, form doing weights is key, because it's this try but perfect practice makes perfect, doesn't it? Yeah. If you do practice in the wrong thing, you're never going to get it right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really important to, to talk to people and, and see what they reckon. But yeah, I think heavyweights has got a big... Well, okay, weights, but get an expert advice there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, crunching 100 kilos or yeah. three times your body weight or something yeah. like Chris Hoy would do. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Another question I want to ask before we get more into detail of off-season, like you talk about not riding with any sort of focus, but should you do an FTP test at the beginning of the season? And then how do you measure, are you trying to measure your performance through the winter or are you just kind of stopping like now, say, doing your sort of mix of training in the gym and then get to spring and then kind of seeing where you're at in terms of benchmarking your fitness or you're not worried about that so much? I would, I would park FTP tests until okay. early New Year. Really. God, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, if you're doing weights, you, you're never going to be in the condition to do it. Okay, and, yeah. and if you're just free riding, then you're never going to be in the condition to do it. Yeah. And, and why put yourself under that pressure? It's not vital. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you really want to, you can do it. But, and, yeah. then, and then, but it's, I think also, it's really important in the off-season, winter season, to allow yourself to, put a few pounds on, to not be on peak form, to not be setting PBs, to not be winning races. Because yeah. you don't want to, what was the point of winning races in December? Well, maybe on Zwift, I don't know, but um, you want to set your key goals way off into the next season. So you don't need to do it now. And I think a lot of people have trouble letting that go. You know, I, I, I've come off the top of this season and I'm absolutely pinging form. I need yeah. to keep that. Well, no, just, you know, relax. Ride your bike, enjoy doing what you do. Remember why you ride a bike, because you enjoy it, hopefully, yeah. and just go out and do that. And um, you'll find that it's quite easy to pick that form back up um, when you start to refine and sharpen and get yeah. back into specific work. Yeah. So yeah, this is a time for just chilling out, really. I think a lot of people do obsess about FTP. I mean, there's got a bit of buzzwords last few years, and it's probably a, a future video topic to get yeah. into, but don't worry about FTP, just focus on riding. Yeah, when yeah. it's you know, the weather's nice, do some indoor training, a bit of gym work, yeah, running, if you can start with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you know, gain a couple of pounds, but not too many. Okay, yeah. Well, we have to talk about uh, how to avoid a winter uh, uh, weight in another video, I think, especially with Christmas around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question, Dan. Uh, long, steady. Distance rise or kind of keep it short and sharp and sweet? What's the best approach for winter riding? <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> it always depends, doesn't it? But you all know pros go out and do six hours yeah, a day. So yeah, do you copy yeah. pros and do six hours? No, I wouldn't suggest it. Um, if you've got 30 hours a week to train, fine. Okay, yeah. You know, you, you, you will pick up the required amount of intensity and duration yeah. within somewhere within that 30 odd hours a week. Okay. But... Um, I don't recommend that. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all busy. There's, there's always stresses in our lives other than just being able to get on a bike and mm. ride. And we go on training camps for that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think the healthiest and most sensible approach is a mix. Okay. And 
you know, we've, we've talked about the weight training being the, intense, the, the intensity in this period. If you don't want to join a gym, that's fine. You know, do a few turbo sessions, a couple of turbo sessions a week. It doesn't have to be on the ragged edge, VO2 max, anaerobic capacity stuff, just maybe sweet spot or threshold work. But keep a lid on it. It's not yeah. vital. Yeah. You, you need the mental refresh in the off-season to not be chasing numbers and chasing performance figures and stuff. Uh, and we touched on that already. But in terms, but why lose it? You know, yeah. why, why, why have to reacclimatize that level of effort come January okay. when you do want to do it? So yeah. maybe even if you just did one okay. uh, session a week that was a little bit tougher on a turbo yeah. to keep your brain and your legs in gear for for these longer these efforts when they're going to come when we need them when yeah. we're trying to get into more specific work. But you know, I think that there's definitely definitely merit in longer zone two rides as well. I mean, you. They're important. They're important parts of your training program, of a balanced training program. So, if you're busy during the week, there are turbo sessions, and then at the weekend, try and fit, you know, two, three, four hours in, depending on the weather. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not vital to go out on the, if it's snowing or icy and stuff. And we talked about this and the, and the risk of that. But if you can get out, get out. Yeah. But it's not a training ride per se. It's a zone two ride. It's you know, it could be a cafe ride. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, they don't have to be epic either. Because you're gonna, you can be wrapped up, and the longer you're out, the colder you are. Yeah. Um, um, would I recommend, say, one six-hour ride or two three-hour rides? Probably two three-hour rides. Okay. Because yeah. um, at the end of six hours, you've spent three hours riding well, and three hours just being cold and tired. Yeah. And if you can ride Saturday and Sunday, or both, or two days in a week, whatever, and you can do two medium two-hour, two to three-hour rides, I think that's more beneficial because yeah. you're gonna be more focused, you're gonna be warmer for longer. And, and you're just going to be able to, you know, it's not a case of then finding somewhere to have food and carrying loads of water on the yeah. bike and stuff. And it's still important to eat and drink on the bike in the winter yeah, yeah. if you don't feel like it, yeah, yeah. you know, just to maintain your ability to push the power. So, yeah, there's a mix. Okay, yeah. And at the end of the day as well, it's really easy to make riding a chore, you know, especially if you're just on the turbo all the time. Yeah. It's just constant grind on the turbo. Um, and... If the weekend ride is a social ride, a club ride, where you can just put along the wheels talking to people and go to a coffee shop, well, that's great. That's yeah. exactly what you want. You know, ride a bike for the reasons that you want to ride a bike. It because you enjoy it. Absolutely, it yeah. still counts. Yeah, 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 very much so. I mean, training's full of dogma, and this is where we always used to do yeah, it, but yeah. there's a reason there's a club ride at the weekend, and yeah. it's, a, it's a sociable thing. And, yeah. you know, get out and enjoy the countryside and fresh air with your friends on the bike perfect okay, yeah. or off-road or whatever you want to do yeah. gravel ride <laughs> you know mix it up keep it social keep it fun keep it interesting don't chase figures yeah. um, and that's the way you'll get through the winter um, keeping your fitness and keeping your interest alive which I think is really important you need to get to when you want to train hard when you want to do the specific work for your race season you want to be raring to go not like, oh, I've been on a wind turbo all winter, yeah. can't be bothered now. Um, and that's just where you don't want to be. So it's like a, you need to take a breath and just review the season, find out what went, what went well, what went wrong, and then just make your way through this period, be ready to start again yeah. in the new year sort of thing. I know I've definitely personally fallen into a trap in the past. I think I have to do like four or five, six hours on the bike and get wrapped up and... And it being a chore and a slog and not yeah. really enjoying it and like motivation to ride a bike for that long this time of year tough and yeah. thinking oh, I have to work pro to I need to work pro to and but you're saying it's okay to do a short ride maybe two shorter rides mm. then do a turbo session 
or two in the week. Yeah. yeah. And don't underestimate quality over just kind of junk miles almost. Yeah, it's called junk miles. Uh, it doesn't have to be junk miles. I mean, what's the training objective for a club ride? The training objective is going out, having a searchable session, realizing realizing why you ride a bike, why yeah. you enjoy riding a bike. Yeah. Well, that's the training benefit. That's a training objective in its own right. So they're not okay. junk miles. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we, can of, we can sort of get around this with semantics, you know. Um, <laughs> but um, don't underestimate the power of a Zone Two turbo. I mean, okay. deathly boring. This, okay. but this is like Netflix time. Okay. How long we want? An hour? Two hours? A film? Whatever you feel like. Okay, yeah. Um, not really, but you know, I, I don't think turbo sessions need to be longer. A hard turbo session doesn't need to be longer than an hour and a, and a zone two ride, hour 15, hour 30. Okay. When you're on the road, if you, if you rode for an hour on the road and you reviewed your power file and you were trying to do a zone two ride, you might find 40 or 50 minutes in zone yeah. two and the rest of it was freewheeling up to junctions yeah, yeah. and pottering about with traffic lights and stuff like that and avoiding traffic. If you do an hour zone two on a turbo, it's an hour zone too. It's constant muscle tension. There's never a, a moment when you're freewheeling. So it's actually more beneficial. Okay. I mean, I, people, you always hear sort of an hour on the turbo, it's oh, worth yeah. a couple of hours on the road. Yeah, but, like that, yeah. You know, it, it is really. Okay. It's good quality. <laughs> it's it? really good There's quality. No wastage at all. And it's warmer right turbo. And I put a tell you on <laughs> and watch a video. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I do zone two, personally, I do zone two um, training sessions within my season. So now, for example, today I might do, on a Tuesday normally I would do two sessions. I'd do a hard session first thing in the morning, and then in the evening I would do a zone two spin on the turbo. It's kind of recovery, kind of just a bit more. I quite like two sessions a day. That's for a different video, we'll get into that. Yeah. But I will catch up on all the um, World Cup cyclocross races okay. whilst I'm on the turbo. Yeah. So I'm doing a zone two ride, which is kind of mindless, but it's still beneficial for me. And also, I can learn a lot still. There's always learning okay. to be done, isn't there? Yeah. You watch professionals ride cyclocross, you can see what sort of lines they're using, what sort of tyres they're using, what sort of tyre pressures they're running, because they talk about that these days as well. So, you know, I kind of like to multitask and learn a bit whilst I'm training. <laughs> you can't deny <you> <laughs> if you're doing a hard session, but, you know, do an easy session and that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah I like some of that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking about was I see a lot of people um, do... Is it Rafa Festive 500, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. I've never personally done that because I'm always too busy traveling around the country, traveling with family. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. But all these heroes out during the uh, Christmas well, period. The problem is, it's a nice idea. I'm probably going to get Good marketing. I'm probably going to castigate for this, aren't I? Um, but I often see people do the Rafa Festive 500 and then are ill for two weeks afterwards. Okay. Because they have not done... 500 is it 500k in a week yeah they've not pretty much done that for the last two months you get a massive okay, training yeah. overload and it doesn't matter that it's zone two because the training stress from you might say training stress from six hours five hours zone two ride is not enormous well it's quite substantial but add into that cold and wet and dark yeah. and that just ramps it right yeah. up and so, alcohol yes yeah, absolutely <laughs> if you're just trying to ride off festive food yeah it all it all contributes yeah so it all contributes to training stress and you could end that week if you're not if you've not acclimatized to it and be doing 200 300k weeks for the, for the weeks preceding that then you do a 500k week your body just goes oh, i've had enough of this and you shut down you get yeah. cold and you get ill okay yeah um and that's not for, you don't get cold from being cold you get cold because you run down yeah and you've depleted your immune system because you just put your body into too much stress so it's something that's just worth bearing in mind you need to if you want to do that it's fine it's a good goal but you need to really look after yourself 
yeah. really work on the recovery and, and good hydration and fueling and things, but and try not to just make it a complete shock to the system because yeah, yeah. <laughs> shocks to the system your body just doesn't respond well to. Yeah, you heard from Dan, don't do the festive five No! <laughs> <laughs> the comments would be a... But um, that's a good point we didn't really have to talk about so far. It's like trying to avoid getting you know, any sort of illness. And mm. I know personally, I, I really struggle from a you know, bad immune system. I get colds this time of year. So staying healthy, because if you have a week or two weeks off a bike, you get a chest infection, that's going to blow your sort of winter out the window anyway, isn't it? So yeah. trying to avoid going too hard because you might weaken your immune system and then fall prey to a cold. So that's another sort of, that's sort of the balance of like stress and load, but recovery yeah. at the time of year. Well, that's another reason work. that I'm not that massively into doing a hard session on the road in the winter. Yeah. Just because it just amplifies the training stress yeah. of the session. I mean, the training stress on the turbo is fine. It's kind of what it is because yeah. as long as you've got a fan, you stay relatively cool. There's nothing different to normal there. But you try and do something yeah. hard on the road, oh, cold air on the lungs, it's horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's difficult to um, to look after yourself well enough if you're doing a lot of long, cold miles. Yeah. Um, in terms of sort of diet supplementation or taking vitamin supplements, I've read loads of stuff that says yes, do, and loads of stuff that says no, don't. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of research you do for yourself, and and if you feel things are working for you, you want to take a supplement, that's fine. But most people get what they need from their regular diet anyway. Yeah. As long as it's not just meat spice. Um, <laughs> That's diet, isn't it? <laughs> kind of diet. <laughs> I think actually the, the the most important thing about illness is not to start back too soon if you do get ill. Okay. People are like, um, I'm ill. All right, you're ill. Take a week off. Yeah. You know, don't fret about it. But then they take a week off and they don't fret about it. But then they come back. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're 75, 80 yeah. percent right by yeah. the end of the week, and then. They just go absolutely smashing back into it and then they're ill again and you just get this sort of yeah. cyclical sort of illness wellness illness wellness and actually it would have been better off to go take a couple of weeks and the second week maybe start some really super steady stuff on the turbo don't fret about it there's yeah. loads of time because yeah. people get ill at this time of year isn't that's it? me all over that is. yeah <laughs> especially when you're striving you see your mates getting the miles in you know like you're basically falling behind them oh strava Stra- keep up strava side the other mm. downside for me when do, like doing long winter rises I, when I get home, I'm just ravenous and inhale the fridge. <laughs> yeah, Where doing yeah, a short yeah. interval session with turbo doesn't increase appetite so much. I guess that's another benefit of not doing a big ride. You are going to try to keep the weight off this time of year. Unless I'm not fueling properly on the bike. Um, but I just get you no know, starving hunger at home. And then it's cold as well. Yeah, yeah and then, cold doesn't And more food around the time of year. Yeah, that's the thing. But it's pies mean, everywhere. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it, you can kind of yourself with that so what I personally would do I'm really bad at doing a fridge raid when I get back you know and we don't have bread in the house for that yeah. reason because otherwise yeah. it'd just be toast um, <laughs> and uh, literally and uh, so what you can do is have if you're doing a couple of hours would you eat on a couple of hour ride uh, yeah but it's harder when it's cold you don't feel as thirsty or yeah, as hungry yeah. but I try to yeah kind of okay like... I mean if you're well fueled to start with, you, pr- you perhaps don't need to eat too much on a two-hour ride. But what you can do is have whatever food you're going to have not far from home. Okay. And maybe eat it an hour and then okay. eat eat it an hour and then eat it ten minutes out. Okay. Just have a banana okay. ten minutes out or a bar because okay. what it means is that you're not completely just going to savage okay. the fridge when you get through the yeah. door because you're not completely starving. Okay. So don't um, sit on the doorstep and eat your energy bars. Do it on the ride. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's just about 
knowing yourself and knowing I mean, you know that from your, well, yeah. of yourself. So yeah. you just need to work out a coping strategy to get around that. And maybe it is just having a snack before you get back to the house. Yeah. I think trying to kind of keep the weight down or lose weight even in the winter, because winter seems like the best time of year to try and lose any extra kilos you might have. Yeah. Over the summer. They try and be like race fit or whatever that even means. One, of the, one of the problems with taking an off season is taking it, taking the off-season too seriously and putting like 20 pounds yeah, on. Yanoric. Yeah, yeah, well, what say, but yeah, 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 exactly. Because what happens if you, if you set yourself too far down the road of weight gain, um, it comes to a point after Christmas where you're trying to get it off. Yeah. And what you're trying to combine is hard training because you're getting into specific work and weight loss, and the two don't go hand in hand. Okay, yeah. Um, you need fuel to train hard. So to then have fuel to train hard but just a bit under that because you yeah. want to kind of reduce your weight. Yeah. That's a very hard balance to strike. So I think that the key at Christmas is saying to yourself, right, well, you know, probably going to put a couple of pounds on. Okay. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But let's not make it 20. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and even if you were to use this period right now, sort of late November, early December, to try and lose a bit of weight, Almost, you had some space in the bank before yeah. you hit Christmas period, yeah. and then so you come out the other side not like a you know way overweight. Yeah. Okay. But as a cross rider, Christmas is a write off anyway. We have the national championships in, in early New Year, and so Christmas is like that's horrible. <laughs> Christmas is something we can need to make up for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a don't worry about it too much. Okay. I think is the is the, is the message. Okay, yeah. 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 Some good advice there. Um, probably time to recap on what we've uh, learned so far. So an off-season is good. It's good for the mind and good for the body. Uh, mix up a bit. So running, weights, Pilates, yoga, mountain biking, mm, yeah, cross definitely. riding. Um, it's okay to eat a few mince pies, but not mm -hmm. too many. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, weights are good. Weights are good. And the Festive 500 is bad. We're joking. <laughs> And take whatever extra stuff you do steady to start with. Don't dive into heavy weights. Don't dive into running. Yeah. Don't dive into yoga because it's just yeah. as much damage. You know. Yeah. So whatever you take, whatever you do, start steady. If it's going to be off the bike, start steady. Okay. Sound good. Well, thanks for your time, Dan. No and if you want to uh, find out more about Dan and his services, his website is linked down below. So go and check him out after this video. But that's all for now. Um, stay tuned for another video uh, with Dan coming very soon. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit that button down there. But that's all we have time for today. Thanks for watching.